You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Everyone and welcome to Nerd. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number three hundred and seventy. We're discussing Ahsoka, Rebel Moon, and that fickle MCU timeline. I'm one of your host, Tim, and I'm Ian. Ian, welcome back to the Nerd Room to both of us. It has been way too long since we podcast these last two weeks. That's the longest hiatus in the history of the Nerd Room. Wow! But it's all for good things because both you and I were back home visiting family different families we don't have the same family but we're in different parts of the world different parts from our podcasting studios visiting family and you know what sometimes it's very very important just to take a break from the everyday and enjoy some family time and that's what both ian and i were doing yep. but we're back here this week guys to talk about like i said at the top all things stars marvel dc and beyond the nerd room is back we're back into the swing of things with regards to school for the kids work for us and of course our hobby here in podcasting so we're gonna be talking about ahsoka we're gonna be talking about that rebel moon trailer that dropped a week or so ago there's this really cool mcu timeline book dropping that i'm gonna be ecstatic to get i get my hands on and figure out what's going on inside of that but before we get into any of that ian my friend my podcasting brother how are you doing are you feeling refreshed after a quick boot over to the uk i am i am indeed um yeah i mean i've been away i don't know if people notice our listeners or people on on x on twitter but i've been away for the last few weeks so i got to go back to the uk um it was kind of a last minute jump over the pond and yeah man like it's it's been great like i had a great time back home got to experience british food british weather um got to hang out with my family and yeah man it was it was a great experience i think you you realized that like i don't think a lot of other people did you got sent me a really kind message uh before i i left um but yeah, it was, it's an important trip for me because I haven't been home for such a long time. I saw my my family, my parents actually, a few years ago um, on a trip in in Thailand. But I haven't actually been home for about five years, and that's that's, that's a long time since I've seen my brother due to the pandemic, due to the 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 problems in in Russia and and Ukraine and stuff. So yeah, it was a it's a great trip back. I got to go down to the south of England. Hit some beaches. My my kids got to see what British seaside holidays are like, and uh, we had a, an amazing time. And it's a great it's a great break. We got a break from from everything. I didn't really pay attention to the the Twitter community and mm-hmm. uh, the nerd community. I I thought I'd get to see some movies while I was there, but I was just so busy just seeing friends and family and and uh, soaking up British life. So yeah, it was, it was a nice little break, and it's good to be back. Like I, you know, I got back home. Of course, it's a little sad, but at the same time, I, I got to catch up on some things and uh, get back to to the reality of of work and and also the fun of of nerd life. So yeah, it's good, man. That's awesome. I'm so glad you had a good time because it's it's one of those things. Like I said, it's so important to get back and reconnect with your roots, with who you are, where you came from. And I don't know if you had this opportunity where you're back home, man, but I, I definitely did some digging 
at my parents' place for some of oh, my dude. old stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I was more, I was more, I've taken most of my stuff home from my parents' place, but I really got into looking at photo albums and all that. And mm. I'm like this crazy, like I've been this crazy nerd for my whole life. And I've got like pictures from like almost every year of different Christmases. And I was able to like trace back when I got specific, you know, the Nintendo, all this dress park stuff. I was going back through pictures. I had a magnifying glass out trying to figure out what turtles I had gotten that were like strewn across the floor, all the packages and that. So I had a lot of fun going through and reminiscing with my parents about the the craziness of, of my youth and the, and, and kind of really trying to rediscover my, like where I came from, not only from like a familial lineal lineage thing, but also kind of where all this nerd stuff kind of comes from in, in my family and kind of tracing things back. So it was a lot of fun. I threw some pictures up on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. And you can kind of look at, you know, my Christmas in 97. And I had some, wow. I got some others that are banked up here that just like, just really kind of capture what and how I developed into this, this guy that sits here in podcasts every week with a, the, with a good friend about about this culture and, and everything and kind of all the toys that are sitting behind me. So it's a lot of fun when you do go home to kind of go back and retrace all that stuff. Did you have an opportunity to do that as well? Yeah, yeah, I did. Like, I, I didn't go through the photos. We had a bit of a, a bad situation where, like, the, the garage in my parents' house got flooded. I think a lot of stuff got damaged. Um, they, they told me some of my toys got thrown away and some of the photos got lost. I didn't go through photos. I went through a lot of the toys. Though. I went up in my parents' attic and nice. started looking and digging uh man like i found so much stuff like it was quite uh it was it was a bit difficult for me to bring a lot of stuff back just because of the the weight restrictions on suitcases and stuff man there was just like so much stuff that I found up there um but it's great yeah i found like this blue case and i remember when i was a kid it was, like this blue it looks like a little tiny suitcase with these little clips and i, I remember it from like when i was really young and I just oh cracked it open there's all these kenner star wars toys in there and i oh, just beautiful like I don't know where the rest of them went, but just like opening that and seeing that. And I was like, first thing I was doing, like going online, just looking at how much these things are worth. I'm not going to sell any of them, but like I had to take photos because I'm, I'm a little scared my brother's going to sell them when I'm I'm just not like uh, paying attention. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was going through there and looking for those. And at the back, like I was digging around the back of the attic and I found the uh, ghost house from Ghostbusters. Oh, you found the whole house, eh? Like, the that's whole house. Awesome. But it's awesome. But dude, it's not in good condition man like that attic is like a sauna when i went up there oh, and man the whole melting. thing is just like co- it's not melody but it's just covered in like mold and i was just saying to my parents like i don't know if we can like salvage this thing uh so i was just like taking little parts of, of it off and just like trying to put them in boxes just to try and save the little parts of it <laughs> um, next time i'm back i'll try and try and fix that but actually the two things that actually survived the most were my ghostbuster toys there was like a massive box full of all the ghostbuster figures um oh, man. I'm uh, so and man like yeah like that's that's they're all in great condition and yeah those those kenner figures i found another little box full of like all the other little stuff transformers and there was like uh thundercats and, and turtles in there but nothing seemed complete so mm-hmm. it, it's it's a shame it's a shame. but i said to my parents like i put everything in one little corner put them all in, in these tubs and like you know save these these are the things that you you cannot touch like when you clear out yeah. this this ache please do not touch these so next time i go back like i'm hoping if my wife comes with me next time, I'll have a little bit more storage to, to bring back and I'll try and, uh... I don't know. For for me, it kind of feels like they, they have a place in my parents' home because that's where I grew up with them. 
and I kind of feel yeah, sad yeah. taking them away. You know, I don't want to bring them here, and I, I kind of like having them there because it makes me feel like I'll be back one day, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be able to to you know relive those those years again and and crack them open. So I didn't bring much back with me, but it was a it's a great. It was, that was actually one of my my favorite days, just going through all that stuff and that's really. It's always so stuff. much fun. Yeah, just like and even, revisiting even, even all my, that. Yeah, my my dad's been sending me some messages since I've been back, like things that he's found recently, just like little, like homework that I did when I was a kid and little mm-hmm. stories I wrote and stuff. And it's kind of it takes you back because you remember those years and those fun times. Um, and yeah, as you said, like the stuff that's that's behind you now, or like the Jurassic Park and the Ghostbusters stuff, it kind of takes you back to th- that time. Uh, and that's yeah. that's why that's why we love this stuff. That's why we're here now. Exactly. You know, and it's very much to that point that you just made there about that's why I kind of swapped over to the retro toy collecting is that I found it provided me a tangible and real connection back to my childhood. And it was especially during the pandemic when I was feeling very far away from my family when that all all that kind of shifted from modern to retro stuff. And I've just kind of went with it. And I've really enjoyed that piece of of going back and kind of that connection that it brings very much like you like, I feel closer to my childhood and therefore closer to my parents even though they are quite a distance away from me and my family right now that's always something i come down here and look at that and be like yes you know that is something that i i connect with and Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool so it's one of those things you know when you ask collectors why they collect and you know they love the franchises it connects them to the childhood but it's really more about like what like why does it important that you connect your childhood and for some of us like you and i it's because we're we're across well you're across continents and i'm only across a, a relatively large country <laughs> and um a little a little Don't bit you closer do. to you but <laughs> yeah. um yeah. but it, uh, it's uh it's that, there you go so i just wanted to that's that's really fun and like you know i always love hearing people's stories about going back and uh, looking back into their childhood and digging through kind of i always always have fun doing that kind of stuff but ian my friend we've got some exciting topics to cover this week yeah here in the nerd room and we gotta kick it off with ahsoka so this is a brand okay. new Disney Plus series dropped two episodes last week. And you watched the third episode, which dropped today, Tuesday. I've not got to that yet. So we're going to talk about the first two episodes kind of high level. Thanks. And Ian's going to give us impressions about the third episodes without providing or giving any spoilers here. But first thoughts, man, right out of the gate here, we've got Ahsoka. More or less, I think, a live action Rebels it, to me, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I love the visuals. I love the story it's telling. My fears of it being a relatively high barrier for entry Star Wars series, I think, are coming to fruition a little bit for like a general or a casual Star Wars fan. But for us fanboys here, what did you think of it? No, I'm exactly the same page. Like, I was looking forward to this so much. Like, I've been a Rosario Dawson fan for so long. This, this is one thing that I actually realized I totally forgot about when I went back home. Like, I opened this poster um, tube and I had a massive Rosario Dawson face from Sin City. Like, I had that on my wall when I was a student. Like, everybody was into Jessica Alba from that movie. I was Rosario Dawson, man. Like, and that love just came back. Like, just seeing her as ah- ahsoka like one of i i'd say i'd put it in the top three star wars characters i think you know her development through the the clone wars through rebels has been amazing um and yeah like i was super excited about this this show and it absolutely delivered for me like you know i've been quite critical of a lot of things in in 
you know recent nerds content and this is just not one of them and like mm. every single part of that the first two episodes i i just loved and i think they they really executed it well like the the tone um it just very much i think a lot of people i see on x on on twitter have been saying like it feels like star wars and it does it just feels yeah. like real star wars it feels like you know we're back in that universe and it has the same vibe um the characters the callbacks and i think like you know what one good thing about it is it's it's a you know it's been very popular with new viewers there's a lot of people watching it uh, a lot of people who, who are enjoying it who haven't seen rebels Mm -hmm. uh, who don't know the character so much and they're really enjoying it for example my brother like i watched it with my brother and and he absolutely loved it and he's never seen awesome. clone wars and, and rebels um but also for the the kind of diehard fans you know there were certain little callbacks and just little things for me that really kind of brought me back rebels was a funny show because i i loved the show when it started and it had its ups and downs i felt there was a lot of fillers thrown in there and a lot of those Fillers have actually come back now in in these recent mm -hmm. shows because of Filoni, um, and just the little things, just the little touches. You know, like seeing Sabine, like looking at her little drawings uh, on the so wall cool, of the Lothcats and stuff. Like I'm like, man, like that just hit me in the feels because I didn't expect it, and it means nothing when you watch it actually in the in Rebels. But just those little tiny little callbacks um, are so important, and it makes the universe feel lived in it makes yeah. it feel real um and and yeah like you know it's i felt like that both of those episodes they had a really good balance between you know development story introduction of villains action you know i never felt like it felt slow i never felt like it was rushed um everything about it about it the execution was just was just spot on and i think you know just seeing how Filoni and his touch like this is this guy I, I'm in love with him man like I'd marry that dude like he's <laughs> he's George Lucas's clone like he he knows how it works but he I feel he can do it better like you know he knows what works he knows what Star Wars is um, and what we've been given here is, is something pretty exceptional and I think also yeah. one other thing like you know I, I've heard some people saying is just how it looks like this show looks amazing the special yeah. effects like the vfx on this thing are are incredible like they're probably the best we've seen i think in in this disney era and um they've really invested their, their time and their effort into this show so yeah man i'm i, I could not be happier about what i what i saw no i'm right there with you and you know much to the the comment and that kind of initial worry that I had about this being a higher barrier for entry. I, I still think it's there, but reflecting back on your comments with regards to George Lucas and, and Filoni, I, I do have to remember that at times George Lucas threw us into the deep end of a universe, a very much lived in universe with droids and a bad guy and a, you know, Luke Skywalker and all this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And I got to remember, I got to put myself in that, that, that mindset in this, like it's 1977 there that we were thrown into the same spot that basically you are with rebels but with just different characters, right? With all these established relationships, this history of this universe, a lot of this stuff that's kind of going on in the background and, and all these characters. And I, I think that maybe I'm not giving enough credit to that, that GA potentially that that is how we're used to watching Star Wars films is kind of being tossed in and letting the story develop and 
us understanding as it progresses and as the 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 story itself unravels and then weaves itself back together. So I I really like that you're able to kind of pull that together. It makes me feel a bit better inside of my brain. And I can't really say much more than, than you're saying there. I I was thrilled with the content, the callbacks, the, the familiar, but the new ground being paved with all of these characters like Sabine and Ahsoka. I'm super pumped that Sabine is such a big part of this show. It's not just an Ahsoka show where she's doing the Mando thing and kind of going planet to planet and having these experiences. This is very much, a i wouldn't say an ensemble but we're, we're kind of edging towards her being kind of a co-star sabine at least and then hera having a, a relatively large part in the first two episodes at least i thought was pretty cool and get to see chopper doing his thing and like you said this this idea of the 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 vfx the obi-wan kenobi like and this again gotta forgive it a little bit because of the pandemic i felt like it was it was filmed in a box this yeah. feels very open space. Like it feels very much like they're on bigger sets. I don't know if they film this in the volume the same way they did some of these other shows, but Andrew had this feel too. It felt very open, big, like you mm-hmm. were like what you weren't filming inside of a room. And I love that about Ahsoka here. And I don't know if that's just the, the level of, of kind of, I guess how crisp it is or how much they've progressed on this volume or if they're actually filming in, in bigger spaces and to make the universe feel a lot more like you're in it, not that you're, you know, you're watching something unfold on a, a few screens in behind you and McGregor. And so, yeah, I, I'm really digging this show. It is is definitely a must watch. And I, I will say that Rebels will give you a, I think, an enhanced experience. I don't think not watching Rebels is going to particularly detract from what you're seeing on the screen. But you'll definitely feel, especially as I think we progress into to Thrawn and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm, they've got the episode times to, 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 to lay this out and develop this. And so I'm hoping that they're able to execute. So episode three, without any spoilers, how do we progress from the first two episodes here? And again, like I said, we're not going to go into deep dives. There's tons of people on, yeah, on I, I want Stars I want Explained to... and all that kind of stuff that, that really dives into the, the nuances of all this. But um, like of the whole series, and we're not going to do that here. But episode three, you know, how, how do we build from these first two episodes? Is, does it maintain that quality and that that engagement that we got out of episode one, two? It definitely does. Yeah. Like, um, I, to be honest, I, I kind of rushed through episode three. I will after after we record, I'll probably sit down and watch it a little, little more closely. Um, it's a much shorter episode, I think, minus the, the recap and the, the intro. It's, it's probably only about 30 minutes long. Um. And it definitely maintains the quality. Like the the difference is that the first two are definitely set in the scene and set in the stage and introducing mm-hmm. you to the characters uh, and, and where you're going. Episode three is more of just an episode of like getting from one point to to the next mm-hmm. point and, and and kind of building a little bit on on relationships between um, Ahsoka and Sabine. But other than that, there's there's not that much uh, in terms of story development. It's it's more about there, there are some definite callbacks um, that that you'll see, uh, uh, but other than that, it's it's more action focused. It's it's just the kind of episode where you know you see certain um, villains and and the protagonists uh, interacting with one another through you know a journey, uh, and and that's about it. There's there's very little in terms of uh, progression. To, related to the characters there are there is i won't i don't want to spoil it but there is a a moment with ahsoka which definitely reminds me of 
the final season of Clone Wars, the the last maybe the in the the f- final four episodes where she's just an absolute badass. And nice. I was just like, whoa, like Ahsoka, man, like she's just doing her stuff. And you actually get us get to see her just like, you know, I don't care. I'm going to just kick some ass. And, uh, and and yeah, that's it, really. Like you get to see a bit of the, the relationship between her and Sabine. And I, I think that's definitely going to be an important thing through this show. Um, it's quite interesting to see how how that progresses because I don't really know how force sensitive Sabine is, and they kind of bring that up in the first, uh, the third episode. You know, is she supposed to be a powerful Jedi? You know, does she have potential or or does she not? And um, that's quite an interesting. Like, I'll have to go back to Rebels and see. You know, are there any? I don't think she was ever implied to be force sensitive. Yeah. In the so show, too. and like, and like, does that imply that like you can learn, or is this more like a fighting sort of thing? Well, like, again, I, I won't spoil it, but Ahsoka kind of explains that to okay. a degree, but it's it makes you question: Can anybody be force sensitive, or can you just choose somebody and then help them become force sensitive, or do you but have metachlorians? Have... But metachlorians are in everybody. That's, that's it's just the, the volume. It's like, that's, that's, <laughs> like, like saying anyone can be an NBA. Star. Well, yeah, I think like, they bring that I, up. I in... can't. Like, I guess could I? Could I make it to the NBA? Well, I couldn't because ah! I'm like five foot four or something. So like, it's like never gonna happen. <laughs> like, I, I don't. Like, I don't know. Like that. That would be like my kind of baseline. Is like any athlete. Like, could I be the fastest man alive if I just tried really, really hard? No. Yeah. So can I be the best Jedi in the world? No, but could I? Could I be a pretty fast yeah, sprinter? Jedi. I guess maybe I could be faster than like my kids. Yeah, um. <laughs> I mean that kind of goes against what we know, though. Like you know, they have the 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 um you know the Jedi order take on the the force sensitive children, the babies and stuff because they know that they're they're, they're, they're high got yeah high medical potential. Can't... But that's not different with, than with like rebels, scout, scouting. Are, the rebels, rebels has some. I mean, like they train, like you know. She's trained in the way of the Jedi with the dark saber and stuff. Like Kanan mm-hmm. sees some potential in her, and she does yeah. say in the second episode. I think she said she was never a good a good kind of um, student because she's not a strong Jedi. But I think she does have a certain level of potential. I guess. Yeah. I mean, she takes like on it's, it's... she takes on that that um, what's her name the Shinhati. She takes on that other. I don't know what they're supposed to be. The kind of dark Jedi. Yeah, um, I'd say Dark Jedi would yeah. be probably an, an apt description. But it's like no different than like identifying like a kid like to be uh, er, in early days like a, a great swimmer, and they go on to go into competitive. Sw- you know, like stuff like that. Like, yeah, they do this all the time. They identify kids at a very young age that have capabilities or capacity or some sort of you know something about them that indicates, oh yeah, they'll probably be good at this, and so we're gonna kind of guide them into into this particular sport. Like that happens like. In our in the real world, so I, I like as being a Jedi. Yeah, sure, I get that. I don't think snatching them up and running away with them and putting them into some sort of like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something that that is done everywhere. It's done places here in on this planet. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's like I'm loving this, and like I, I really want to see more on the the villains. I will say the the two dark Jedi, and then what is meant to be one of the brothers and sisters, like the Inquisitors. 
I believe. Oh um, man, do you know what? Like, I've after watching the third episode, like again, I'm not gonna. Get, there, there's nothing to spoil. Like, there's nothing shown. But that 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 character is it? Maroc, Maroc. I think they've they've listed the name as like I get pure Tr- Tron Legacy vibes from that character. That character is gonna be someone we know, guaranteed. There's a lot I haven't seen. I haven't looked at any of them, but there's a lot of rumors floating around X and and YouTube and all that that like it is someone that we know. Yeah, well, I I saw that the the fan theory that it's Ezra, but the reason why it can't be Ezra, in my opinion, is because Ezra disappeared with Thrawn, and they're looking for Thrawn because yeah. Ezra was in the same place. If they've found Ezra, they found Thrawn basically, unless. Ezra got away. People are saying that the night sister, that Morgan, is it Morgan um, Ellsworth? She's she's brainwashed him. But I think I I've got a feeling that it's actually going to be a female character from Clone Wars because they're not apparently they're not revealing the gender, and just by the stance and stuff like the character has a very unique stance, and I feel like they're trying to hide something and they're hiding the voice. Like you hear the mm-hmm. voice in the third episode, and it's very kind of like Kylo Renish, kind of distorted. So it's as if they're either hiding the identity of the actor, or they're hiding the the gender of the character. So I've got a feeling it's going to be someone that we saw in Clone Wars, and I've got an idea, but I, but I don't know. And this is a character that's quite close to Ahsoka in Clone Wars. Who just throw it out there? Oh, uh, so the there was there was a character I forgot her name. I think her name was Barris. Barris, Barris. Of they, remember the character that that blew up the Jedi Temple and and oh, framed yeah, yeah. framed Ahsoka. Yeah, and that was kind of Ahsoka's apprentice. She kind of helped. See, I like this because it connects more to Ahsoka than Sabine. Like if it were Ezra, it connects much more to Sabine. And given that the show is called Ahsoka, and there's a lot, at least in the first couple of episodes, there's a lot of kind of references to her past failures and stuff like this, like with leaving Anakin and having this issue with Sabine. And if you go back to this character that you're talking about, I don't know exactly who you're talking about. It's it's another kind of like she's kind of failed a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, like this, I, Filoni knows what he's doing. And the thing is, I, they, I remember back in the day, there were rumors of that character appearing in episode three and being killed in episode three when the Jedi Temple was taken mm-hmm. over. Um, and it never happened. I, I don't know if it was filmed or if it was scrapped. The idea was scrapped. But it just seems like it's something that's always been there and it's a character that has some familiarity. The only bad point of it would be that if that, if that is a reveal, a lot of people won't know what that no. reveal means. Um, but like, but well, I do think it has, like... it has a lot of meaning. You know, like She's a yeah. character who was a Jedi she kind of turned in a sense she was held captive she has connections to ahsoka she has motivations against ahsoka without having to be brainwashed or something like that and it would be an interesting kind of uh character to to bring back i think i think there was times where they were going to bring people guessed uh, people theorized that she was going to appear in different shows and it never happened and i mm. i feel feloni's one of those people who has his ear to the ground and he kind of would pick up on that i think yeah that's cool well i'm looking forward to, like there's definitely a reveal to happen there like you said i don't think it's ezra i think that'll come later um if maybe not at all 
in this in this show. Yeah, you know that could be something that's left for the movie or or, or some other some other TV show potentially Ahsoka season two. So yeah, guys, if you're not watching this and you have any desire to be back into the Star Wars universe, go check this out. It's very much a part of this post Return of the Jedi Favreau and Filoni verse that's being created, and this is going to lead into I don't know if it's this season directly or if there's one more season. It's going to lead into one of the big screen films that will eventually hit theaters. One of the three that have been announced has been a Filoni-directed post Return of the Jedi Mandoverse style of movie, like an endgame, I'm guessing, that's going to have Thrawn and it's going to pull from elements of the early 90s books and all that. So get into this, guys. And yep. while we're talking about Star Wars, let's talk about something that's a little bit Star Wars adjacent, maybe? Let's talk about Rebel Moon. This is a new sci-fi TV show coming to Netflix. TV show? I think it's a movie. Is it or movie? whatever it is. It's a <laughs> two-part movie. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, my brain, it's like, TV. if I'm watching on TV, it's a TV show. That's where that went. But yeah, two-part movie coming from critically acclaimed director Zack Snyder, the brain behind the DCU and such films as 300 and a whole bunch of other very stylized movies. And, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to start here. I watched this trailer. I was like mm-hmm. I'm I've been actually quite excited about this project because I'm interested to see what else Zack Snyder can do. He's been so embroiled in DC and all of this this universe for so long and maybe to to a flaw to a degree and I want to see him disconnect and see what else he can do. Because I I liked 300 when it came out and some of those other movies and Watchmen, of course. Like, he's definitely got an eye for putting, you know, a a definite spin or definitive spin on something. Um, And maybe not always to the favor, but Man of Steel was great. And his visuals, there's something there. I watched this trailer because I said, okay, I'm looking for a new sci-fi franchise. I'm a big fan of Charlie Hunnam, who's in, who's in the show as well. And I watched this trailer and I said, man, this feels like a six plus hour movie. And this feels like it is a trailer that, you know, if you ever watched like a Star Wars, like celebration trailer where it's like, we're going to smash together six movies worth of storylines and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's what this trailer felt like. And I watched it again twice today in preparation for this. And it's very typical of Zack Snyder. I think, you know, most teaser trailers are a minute to a minute and a half long. They introduce you to the main characters and a few of the big action set pieces. This trailer was like three and a half minutes long. And it it must be both parts, right? Like this isn't just the first part trailer. Um, and it like, has to be. Has to be. It has to be both parts. It it was it this movie feels and there's already discussion from Zack Snyder about a rated R director's cut that is six plus hours long. Like the movie that hasn't even come out yet, and they're already talking about a director's cut. I don't like stuff like that. But anyways, like that, yeah. it 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 felt very dense. It felt like several different movies kind of mashed together. I'm still not totally certain on who the main character is. I got the gist of the story. But it was just, to me, for something this dense that's going to take a bit of time for people to walk into, this teaser trailer was just way too long, way too dense, and didn't give you just like a single thread to follow through it. It was a lot of smashed together action set pieces and all this. The other thing 
that kind of just jarred me out right at the beginning. I don't like to just be complaining because I, I think it looks interesting and I'm going to watch it. Bar none, I'm going to watch this thing for sure. But the person walking through the hayfield with the hand felt very mm. Man of Steel-esque. And the Anthony Hopkins voiceover felt like, because he does the voiceover for a lot of the Thor stuff, of course, he's Odin. But there's a big voiceover for the introduction when they first dropped Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at like Comic-Con or whatever. And it felt just very, it felt too familiar. I felt like, wow, I'm stuck. Like this is supposed to be exiting from the comic book movie world. And I feel like I've been thrust directly into what's become because that's a lot of the complaints is that it feels so familiar, which I don't really care too, too much about. But mm. it, it just felt like, okay, you separate yourself from that comic book movie space. But the first thing you do is give us a Man of Steel imagery and you give us this voiceover of a character <laughs> actor that is so heavily tied to the MCU that I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm stuck inside the, the, the inside of the comic book universe and I'm trying to, to separate out. So anyways, I'm going to jump off my soapbox and give you an opportunity here because I feel like I just like beat the shit out of this. But ultimately, <laughs> I, I'm going to, to watch it, but I don't think this was an appropriate trailer to hook people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I'm on the same page as you, Tim. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've heard other people talking about it, and it's very mixed. It's either very high or very low. Um, some people are really hyped about it, and they really enjoyed it, and there's other people who are on the same page. I think starting with, like, a positive, like, I, I think it's it looks it looks stunning. Like, I think oh, the visuals on, of it looks look great. Um, Zack Snyder has a very stylized look to his, his work, and mm-hmm. I think you can definitely see that. You can see he's taking inspiration from things that he's done before. It feels very sucker punchy to me. Like it looks very mm-hmm. much like sucker punch, and even some of the characters and the designs and the camera angles and the action looks very similar to to that. To movie. be no color and lots of slow mo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and and I kind of like that. Like I like that you know directors put their own uh, mm-hmm. kind of their own look onto their own uh, visuals onto onto their work, and I think that's that's a good thing. Um, but I do feel exactly the same as you in terms of what we were given. Um, a lot of people, you know, some people are saying it looks familiar. I agree. Some people are arguing that, saying that everything that we get these days has to look familiar. Like, you know, every superhero movie looks like a previous superhero. You, you can't escape that mm. now. I don't agree with that in the way that, number one, I think that, Good movies these days are very uh, unique and original. And a lot of people that are rushing to cinemas these days to watch movies are watching movies that are very original and very new and really fresh. Um, And at the same time, I think it's okay to be familiar. If it looks like, Mm -hmm. for example, like a a Man of Steel movie, that's okay because it's a Zack Snyder movie. But this feels like familiar to 10 plus other movies. Like it looks yeah. like a really weird mismatch, like a mix match of all of these different movies that we've seen before, and it's so weird. Like that each scene is very tonally different. Yeah, and yet, like you'll look at something like, for example, the Dune two trailer. Now this this movie looks like Dune Part Three mm-hmm. with aliens. Like that's what it, exactly what it looks like, but. If you look at the Dune two, 2 trailer, like you have a scene where you have scenes where it's black and white and it looks like it's it's different. It's separate from what we've seen before. But it feels part of the same universe. It feels like the same movie. With this trailer, for some reason, it feels like 
a bunch of different creators have created different movies. They've taken mm-hmm. snippets from each of those different movies yep. and thrown it into one trailer. It looks like something like, you know, like you'll see the Netflix um, Love, Death and Mach- Love, Death and Machines, is it called? Love, Death and Aliens? Love, Death and Monsters? I can't remember what it's called, but this is a show where like all these creators make all these different episodes and then you get a trailer where you see snippets from each episode. And that's what it feels like to me. Like nothing feels like it's connected. It feels like it's a very different set of movies and it's very strange it's a very strange approach now i'm not really criticizing it but i do not feel any kind of connection to what they they've created you know i think you know you look at something like star wars which they said originally what they were going for it feels like one universe that you can kind of be brought into what this feels like is that he's just basically taken there are scenes i'm telling you man they're like it looks like it's just take screen for screen from that movie like there's a scene with like this caveman jumping off a thing and catching this animal it looks just like that that crappy movie john carter like (laughs) there are scenes that look like it's from man of steel there are scenes where ships are coming in it looks exactly like dune even the story is you know it's about a chosen one and nobody knows who the chosen one is and there's a prophecy about this chosen one and they're looking for it it's like okay so it's like anakin skywalker it's the quizak that's Hedorak, it's Neo, it's Taruk Mato, it's the same thing again. Like they're looking for a chosen one mm-hmm. in this this universe. And it's like, oh man, like Zach, can't you couldn't you create something that's new, something that's like original, something that's you, something that's because he does have a certain degree of originality. It's okay to be inspired by other things, but some parts of it just look like a carbon copy of all these different movies. It reminds me of like, like there was a movie that came out called Cloud Atlas and I loved the book and the trailer came out. It's one of the best trailers I've ever seen. And the same, the trailer is about three and a half minutes long and it's set in different times. And each time seems like a very different movie. The movie itself was very messy and it didn't work. They didn't execute the book as, as they should have. It's by the, the Wachowskis. Yeah, uh, And this felt very similar, but the difference is that with that movie, I knew the book and I knew what they were aiming towards and I knew that it was set in very different times. Whereas this movie is supposed to be, you know, the introduction to a new story, a new world, a new universe, and everything just feels like, is he just stuffing this thing with like, you've got like well, Nazis, you've got like sci-fi, you've got Western, you've got like, <laughs> I'm like, what's, what is he doing? Lightsabers. Here? Lightsabers. <laughs> and then you got the guys online saying like, he's taken lightsabers and made them better. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what adding fire to stuff, like just making stuff over the top doesn't make it better. Like you've not seen the movie yet. Like, what are you trying to do with this movie? Well, and that's, that's the thing with, with the trailer that, that I don't like is that you're not given a focal point into this story through the trailer. Like that, that's you, you should always, and I went and watched like a dozen trailers after this, just to see if I, I'm trying not to imprint some bias I have against Zack Snyder because I don't love some of the stuff he did in the DCU. And so, but like you go back to like some of the best trailer, like the end game trailer and these type of trailers where like you have like one person is your your viewpoint in. Like you go to that end game trailer, it's it's Iron Man. He does the voiceover. His he's the first person you see. You go through and you kind of walk through the story with him. And and it's very 
you know, subtle at two degree this, and yeah, you can show the bombastic nature of things and all that kind of as you get towards the end, but like the start, like you got Anthony Hopkins and then you never see him. And mm. you know what I mean? And like, I'm assuming the, the female character that you see at the start is the focal point, but you don't, you only get snippets of her. You don't ever really hear her speaking too much. And the, I think the first 30 seconds is great, but then it, it's like, as it progresses, it's like, Holy, this is really, this is really dragging on. And I'm hoping that it does feel more like a like a story inside of the film and not just a snippets of all the best action scenes that he's able to put together. But instead of leaving some of that stuff to experience in the theater, it's almost like he said, I got to show every bit and piece of what I've developed. And I have to do that inside of three minutes. And so it's it's I, I'd say it's less of at least a direct problem with what he's done and more the way the trailer was cut. It just, it's overstuffed. You don't have a focal point and you know, a good trailer kind of tells you a whole bunch of stuff, but nothing at all. And yeah. I felt this, this told us nothing and showed us a bunch of stuff. I it, think it just, he was really me, it just didn't with, work. He was going, I think they were really going with just like, let's just dazzle, dazzle them with these visuals Mm-hmm. And 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 that's enough to to bring people on. And they kind of did that with Sucker Punch. To be honest, when I saw the Sucker Punch trailer, I'm like, wow, this looks insane! Like you got this girl in a schoolgirl uniform, like battling like huge samurai, and it, it kind of looked exciting. It looked interesting, and it kind of brought you in. But the actual movie didn't really have much of a story. And I think that's where I'm kind of connecting the things where like I'm like, <laughs> here I'm doing the same thing. I'm looking at this thing. It's like it's the same again. It's and I'm I'm someone who's you know I'm not they all you know people have say that you have to be like a Snyder Snyder cultist or a Snyder hater that there's there's only two sides you know I'm someone who's very fifty fifty like some of the stuff that he like he releases I like and some of the stuff he I don't like I wasn't a big fan of Army of the Dead I wasn't a fan of Sucker Punch you know I wasn't a big fan of Batman vs Superman but the other stuff that he did like I did like yeah I did like three hundred and stuff so I feel yeah, like still, I like. Man, still amazing, yeah. Like I feel like he's got like he. I mean, he's he's got a lot of potential. I just feel like he's the execution of certain things and the release of his stuff kind of gets gets to me a little. Like I just Mm -hmm. don't like how you know to come out and first of all say this is gonna be like my version, my Star Wars. You know, why have you got to compete with another franchise? And then now there's this new article coming out. The producers have now basically said said that they told him not to make a Star Wars-like movie because you're kind of stuck into this kind of idea yeah. and this IP and, and that you, you kind of can't move out of it. And their direct quote is F Star Wars. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you've just basically <laughs> said F you to one of the biggest fan bases on the planet and you want people to go and see your movie like why don't you just why is it a competition all the time why can't you just make your movie make something new make something fresh make something that looks good make something with a new original good story and 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 sell it like that like it just seems like it's now become this war between star wars and rebel moon and you've got this trailer where they're just like stuffing everything in your face and i just feel i i don't know i feel a little uneasy about it i will watch it of course i hope it's a success 
you know, I have nothing against Zack Snyder. Um, and I hope, you know, he gets the recognition he, he probably deserves. But I just feel like what, I don't know. I feel a little uneasy about the whole. I think that's fair. Like, I think that's, that's where I'm sitting. And here's, here's the thing. This is this last piece. I'll, I'll talk about this. Man of Steel, I think, is universally discussed as, as a pretty, pretty darn good Superman movie. It is definitely darker and all that. But I think where he does good is when in 300 is the same way. He has like a very narrow group of characters and a, a, a linear story to tell. Yeah, it's not bolting on all this extra stuff. When you progress into Batman versus Superman and his Justice League and all this stuff, it's almost like there's no one that can tell Zach and say, hey, Zach, look, maybe we should, you know, trim this down a little bit. He's mm. got these big ideas, these big concepts. He's he's a universe builder, but it seems like he doesn't have a producer that's like, no, 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 no. Like, we should chop this, chop this, chop this, chop this, and just keep this. Like, just tell this story. And if it progresses, it does well. We can continue to tell the story. It was the same thing with Batman for Superman. It was like... Oh, let's throw all this stuff into one yeah. Lex Luthor and freaking whatever and this and that, the other thing, Wonder Woman, Batman, and just Lewis chuck Lane. it all. It was just like yeah. so much packed into a finite runtime. And that's almost what this feels like again. Like there's no one like there's no one. But dude, have you seen like, you saw the the last the last thing you see is like it pops up story. Zack Snyder screenplay by Zack Snyder directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> it's just like it's like okay, no checks and balances there. <laughs> Why don't you just say made by Zack Snyder? It's just like okay, we get uh, it. He's he's yeah. everything. <laughs> oh, Zaddy. Well, looking forward to to seeing what Rebel Moon brings. It comes out here. What when does that the first one drop? I took a picture. It's of it here. November. So it comes out April or oh, no. December twenty second. December. December 20... yeah. It'd be December interesting 22nd. because like now Dune Dune two's gone. It's you know, you're not going to have that compare. I thought that was a really strange um, decision because, like, it, it feels very much like Dune. And you might be, it might affect it because you're now going to have people seeing this movie before they've seen Dune 2. And it's going to be That's a very true. similar looking movie. And it's a lot more jam packed than Dune. So it might actually have an effect on people's, um, you know, perception of, of, of that movie, which is, is kind yeah. of a weird weird choice yeah it's with dune 2 leaving i i heard a rumor that the marvels might try to sneak into its spot oh really but okay yeah they might try to slide over into i don't know if that's i think that'd be a good move for them to be honest have it as a kind of holiday you know early yeah uh, is it dude no it was november right it was november November. i think it was i think Marvels is early. No, I can't remember, but I did see them talking about moving moving into that vacant spot. It might just give them an, a, a few more extra weeks on top uh, to kind of to hopefully get to have some legs underneath this this MCU. And speaking about the MCU, let's let's touch on this. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not today, it, or it was yesterday, I believe. Um, there's a, a new book coming out called like the definitive MCU timeline book, and they mm. dropped a trailer on Twitter the other day. And it was really cool. It was like all the producers and Feige and, and company all coming together saying like, hey, we developed this book that takes apart every single piece of the MCU from the stories to this, like in through scripts and the movies and dissecting it all and, and giving you a definitive Marvel Studios timeline of the MCU. And this is something that like in my brain, we've, we've, we've bashed around. We've talked about this in the past. And 
I'm stoked. This book comes out at like the end of October and mm. it's going to be sitting on my shelf. Like I, I love this timeline stuff and I loved kind of piecing it together in the past. Like, I don't know if it's going to include some of the comic books, the prelude comic books that they had done before Fury's big week, etc. So it's going to be interesting to see how deep they go and what they recognize as canon, what they recognize as not is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like this adjacent thing that never happened. You know, what what do you do with the, the Netflix Marvel stuff? Like, does it actually go into that detail or is it specifically Marvel Studios produced things? So I'm I'm quite intrigued by this book and the fact that they've taken this step to say and I like I do wonder if the timing is pure coincidence or if it is about, you know, this is going to be read by you know, the GA, but for us fanboys and that, you know, is it about establishing what the prime timeline is so that when we do get into the, the, the real depths of the multiverse saga that you can differentiate between, you know, what is prime and what is not. And, you know, do they update this on a yearly basis? So I think it's pretty cool that they're, Mm. that they're doing this. This is something that I think that will go over well. And I'm looking forward to kind of jumping into it and kind of and, and buzzing through and trying to understand some of the nuances of the timelines that I've been a bit head scratched uh, or have been head scratchers in the past. Yeah, it looks it looks good. Like this, that's actually the first time I've heard of it. I just Googled it now. It looks very much like the, the one they released recently for the Star Wars, the Star Wars yes. timelines one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, it has the same. Same people working on it to a degree. Um, but yeah, like same, like I actually wanted to pick up the Star Wars one just because of some of the earlier stuff, the, uh, the new Republic stuff and the, yes. the, new Republic? the, the old Republic, high new Republic, high Republic, high, high Republic yes, the high Republic stuff, just to kind of figure out what's, what's going on there. Um, but yeah, the Marvel one, I, I guarantee it'd be a good, good read and a good book. It's actually a good price as well. It says here, $45. Yeah. Um, I think the timeline one here, like when I went to, I actually saw it in a bookshop and it was pretty expensive. It was probably like uh us i don't know how much that would be us but canadian like over 70 dollars plus so it's 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 a bit pricey yeah Um, yeah it's it's these type of things just i know a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at at stuff like this or wherever but like i i love that canonical that it's all connected nature of these stories that have been told over the last 15 years especially in the mcu and in star wars too you know where we got so much being kind of inserted into various spots of the time like marvel is very linear to a degree with the exception of a couple things like captain marvel and the first avenger most of it is is kind of a straight line but star wars is even like you said it's even more intriguing because you're getting tv shows and movies that are dropped all over the timeline comic books everything and so both of these books are, are kind of interesting reads especially for those of us that that really enjoy that connected storytelling that that i think is it might be waning as of late but i think it, it's the last 15 years have been that's all it's been and that's what everyone's been trying to kind of mimic and and produce and just to have a kind of definitive timeline i think is pretty cool yeah the mcu one i think is it's one that's a little easier to to follow like i don't mm-hmm. i don't really feel like there's there's much that i don't really understand in terms of timelines but there's a little little here's and there's that would be interesting just just to yeah. know exactly when they pop up and when they fit into to the story i think that's it it's the nuances of it like yeah for the most part you can start at iron man and just watch everything straight through and you get the the timelines kind of there <laughs> in order yeah. of release with the shows in that are, are a little make it a little bit more complicated more recently but 
but it's yeah to me it's more of the like the some of the nuances and and they did say in their kind of teaser trailer that they went back to some of the scripts and some of that so there might be things that were never officially dropped into a movie that they may tug on and say you know this was a kind of an offline this is what it meant and this is how it it, it, it impacts or it potentially fits into things i it just that little piece of it because i i think it, it might help with kind of building out some of the thought process into it, which I always have found quite intriguing, you know, why certain decisions were made with regards to relating to this, that, and the other thing. So to me, it's, it's just kind of, again, it it builds, it compounds on this idea of this. It's all connected nature of storytelling that, that I've, that I loved in the infinity saga. Yeah. I think some, some, the, the, me with the books, the only thing that kind of, puts me off a little is you know i collect like the star wars books and every time they had the, the visual dictionaries and, and mm-hmm. the art books and like sometimes there are things like I'm, i can't i can't remember the exact example but i think it's something like in rise of skywalker or the last jedi one and it's you know they talk about an artifact or they talk about something about snoke and they give this little kind of back history and it's like oh like what, what the hell is that and then it doesn't kind of it's not doesn't really fit so much with the movies and then you wonder mm-hmm. whether the guy's you know, working on the book have full kind of uh, say on on what's what's canon and not. And then there's also the fact that like these these things are ongoing. It's like oh, the, yeah. I bought like an art, the bat this big Batman. I forgot what it's called. It's here, the definitive history of the Dark Knight in comics, film, and beyond. And you know, it's an expensive book. It's a massive book, and then you buy it, and then like a month later, they release ah uh, with added content from the batman and he's like what <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so well, that's, that's that timeline book and then they, they release yeah. like what like the 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 next movies um well there's like in these 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 books like effectively it will release in october by the end of the year it's going to be out of date <laughs> yeah well see i mean you're gonna have loki coming in you're gonna have the marvels loki, the marvels and maybe echo there. maybe echo <laughs> yeah so it's it's and and they'll only they'll release the same book again just with that oh, added 100%. content. It's just so like, it's, there's it's, a sticker on the front with added this. It's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. now with Loki yeah. season two. So yeah, it's kind of kind of a fun thing that I just want to end the episode there with because it's uh it may, it may be fun to dissect that a little bit down the road here. And so but just, say one there, last just just just, oh, just quickly just it does say they're for, forward by Kevin Feige, which is actually a big thing. You know, he's actually Kevin Feige. Is, it's one yeah. of my personal heroes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm dead serious, man. He's one of my personal heroes. One of my personal <laughs> heroes. So I know, I know none of the Hollywood execs right now are. No one, everyone hates them all right now. So, but uh, Kevin Feige is a special place in my heart. He always will. He always will. <laughs> maybe, maybe you gain him on your new podcast show, man. Your, man, that's your... that's the hope and great segue, brother. So <laughs> one last thing to talk about here is the the Nerd Room release schedule. So we will once we have the exact dates, we will drop it, but. For we're gonna do a little tester, a little pilot, if you will, for the nerd room here. We're gonna go to bi-weekly episodes starting kind of at the end of September. So we'll probably have like three, two or three more weeks of straight nerd room episodes, and then we'll be going to bi-weekly. And some of this is to free up a little bit of time for me for my new podcast called the Podcast Experience. Now that will be on a completely different feed, but I want to make sure that I'm still able to dedicate enough time to doing both this show and the new show to the standard that I think that we kind of hold here in the nerd room, which is pretty high. I think that the production value, the discussion and the preparation, all that, that we do, 
I, I want these to still continue and I don't want to feel like I'm dragging it down at all. And so, you know, this is also maybe a little bit of consequence of there not being like a ton of content every single week to talk about. Like we missed two whole weeks here and, you know, the biggest things that came out were Ahsoka and this Rebel Moon trailer. So the and we've we've kind of gotten away a lot from kind of like the the week to week kind of small speculating and you know is you know whatever john krasinski batman i don't know we're not going to talk about that kind of stuff so <laughs> i think we're going to gotta go to bi-weekly for now and see how that goes and if we feel like we're we've got a big hole in our lives and we want to go back to monthly we definitely will leave that door open so that's likely what's going to happen bi-weekly so there will be an episode kind of from the production house of the nerd room if you will um every week still but the it'll be a combination of the nerd room so kind of your traditional nerd room episodes and then on the off weeks will be my new podcast the podcast experience which is going to be discussing with all kinds of podcasters about their process their inspiration their creative motivations and and really their ups and downs of being a podcaster so if you are a podcaster and listening and want to be on that show, just let me know. i got some cool guests coming up. Uh, I've been reaching out to some cool parties and i got some interesting recordings uh, already in the bag and some more to come here in the not too distant future. So that's kind of what we're doing here in the room. So you're going to be seeing this. This will be updated bi-weekly, uh, kind of starting at the end of September, early October. So um, yeah, and then we'll kind of go from there. And of course, we'll always supplement with live streams here and there. Oh, we got to start talking some toys again. We got to start getting collecting again. And uh, yeah, we'll always kind of be uh, be filling that uh, that nerd void in your life, but maybe just every other week now. So we'll see. We'll see with that. So Ian, my friend, it's been a pleasure being back at the mic with you. And I love just like when we started this, I was feeling pretty drained. And now I am jacked up to go and watch <laughs> Ahsoka episode What, what time is it for you? It's pretty late. It's pretty like it's 20 to 11. It's your bedtime. No? Oh, okay. It's well past my bedtime. Well, also, my kids took like two hours to go to sleep tonight. And then I messaged you and I was like, I'm ready to go. He's like, I'm at McDonald's with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of we kind of were a little out of sync here. You know, it wasn't just the the 14 hour or 12 hour time difference. It was uh, the fact that both of us were running around with our kids. Um, and at very different spots during the day, but yeah. uh, and I think that's, it, that's it, it all works of, out. That kind of uh, also adds to the whole idea with the the nerd room schedule. It's, it's sometimes mm -hmm. a little difficult for everybody to to juggle their real life and and kind of fit things in all the time, um, especially with you know jobs and and going different places and stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, but man, yeah. I, I've got to say, like I'm really excited about this this whole podcast experience um just like as i don't know if anyone said but I, I mean a big congratulations to you for taking on that project and i think to be honest like there's a lot of a lot of people who are close to you a lot of people who know you who you know would definitely say that you're definitely the right person to take on this this kind of project and i think you're someone who fully understands actually the the kind of how meaningful podcasting can be you know there's a lot of people on and kind of social media who express their opinions and a lot of it is not genuine a lot of it's kind of fake and a lot of people just there for the likes and stuff and good thing about podcasting is it's you know people get to kind of use their voice to to express themselves you know give their feelings talk with other people and there's a very strong level of, of kind of connectivity with um with podcasting you know you get to meet people and you get to connect with people and you know, like me, for me, it's podcasting is, I, I, you know, I'm pretty new to this, but just through listening to podcasts, you know, it's made have a big impact on, on my life, Destiny, uh, especially someone who lives away from home. 
Um, and I got to connect and, and meet people and, and share my opinions and, and be myself. So I think podcasting is a very, it's a very kind of important thing that a lot of people don't realize how meaningful and how, yeah. you know, strong and how important it can be to, to people's lives. So for you to take on that role, I think you're someone who's very kind of clued up and very understanding. And, you know, even I, I said at the start of the podcast, like you sent me a nice message you know, I just through podcasting, you seem to even understand the things that I'm going through. And even I didn't explicitly go out and say, you know, me going home is such a big thing. Um, but just, you know, through getting to know you, you clearly understand that. And, and I think that's one great thing that comes from podcasting, those connections uh, yeah. and, and that ability to, to express yourselves kind of openly and, and be yourself when you can't in, in your everyday life. So, yeah, a uh, big big congratulations i'm really looking forward to that man i appreciate that man that, that's that's very touching i uh made me feel very good that's a great way to end the episode and a great way to uh to go to sleep tonight i want to go to sleep with a big smile on my face <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so you guys look out for that i believe the first episode of the podcast experience will be dropping on september 21st i believe if that is a thursday uh i think that's the day i decided today that i'll be dropping it um yeah 21st of september so look out for that different feed you'll see it on the social handles and all that kind of stuff and like ian said i podcasting is such an important part of my life and i think it is a huge piece of the future of communication and and storytelling in all mediums so i i think podcasting is extremely powerful and it's done great things for my life and so i want to share that with everyone so Again, like I said, appreciate you, Ian. I appreciate just being able to do this every single week. And I appreciate all of you, the listeners out there for coming back. Even sometimes when Ian and I decide to take a little bit of a vacation, you guys come back and listen, provide your feedback. And, and if you don't do that, just enjoy, man. Just just sit there, enjoy, consume, laugh a little bit. And hey, if you disagree with us, that's okay too. Just let us know at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do kind of somewhat sort of over at thenerdroom.net and our handles are at the end of the episode. So with all of that being said, another week of nerd behind us and looking only towards the future for the nerd room, I'm Tim. And I'm Ian. And thank you so much for entering the nerd room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net and The Nerd Room YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room.